0: And welcome to United Podcast. I am delighted to be joined on Zoom right now with Helen Evans and David May. How are you both?
1: Very good.
2: Good, Sam. How are you?
0: I'm Very good. Uh, so for those of you that are listening, this podcast was recorded in person in Scotland. We went to Glasgow, but we are doing this uh, this bit of the conversation afterwards on Zoom uh, because of time issues. It's not that interesting. Yes, because
2: uh, on the way to Scotland, Maisie and I got the train and our train got cancelled so we were a little short on time when we got there weren't we amazing?
1: yeah we
0: were yeah that was it wasn't it graham hog is a more in some ways a much more interesting person for our podcast in that he has a very unique life i think compared to everybody else that we've ever had probably played over 100 games for united but immediately went into what you would sort of call regular work and like drives trucks and stuff
2: yeah, it's not very often you hear of a former footballer who has been a HGV driver for years because generally, although maybe that's just the circles that we are in because we're around Old Trafford and on match days, you see a lot of the ex-players who are now doing that sort of work. So it is quite strange, but there probably is more than what you think.
0: That's a really good point. Maisie, what was your thinking when you retired? Did you want to stay in football? Because obviously lots of people go straight into coaching and things. Did you want to be involved? Because obviously you are involved in football. Did you want to be involved? Did you just want to get away from it?
1: Uh, I suppose at the the time, Sam, I'd I'd had enough playing and training and doing all that sort of stuff. But eventually you you get bored of playing golf and going on holiday and doing stuff like that. So I think you always want to try and get back into it in some sort of capacity. But I don't know, maybe because... Obviously he's from Scotland. He went back up to Scotland. Maybe he just lost the ties with the with the clubs. But it will be good to get him down because I'm sure he's got some fantastic stories. I'm sure he Yeah, of course. It'd be great to have him in one of the lounges on match days.
2: Of course, if you are lucky enough to go to Old Trafford, you do meet the ex players and legends in the lounges, which is a really, really nice experience. Um so yes, this was a lovely little trip up to Scotland. The podcast continues on tour. Sam went by plane. The posh seats, Maisie.
1: Yeah, (laughs) scandalous. It's not because we can fly to Glasgow.
2: No, but listen, we had a nice little packed lunch, didn't we? You
1: did. I tell you what, Helen made some lovely sandwiches—roast beef and ham, better than the Marxists and and all that sort of stuff. Roast beef and tomato,
2: not roast beef and ham.
1: That's what I said.
0: It's at this point I'm going to interject and say we might have lost our way.
2: I think you should, Sam. I think you should. Here's Graham Hogg.
0: Graham Hogg, welcome to the United Podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for meeting us here in Glasgow. Did it take you long to get here? About three quarters of an hour. That's not too bad, is it? Yes. Do you come here, is this somewhere you come to a lot, or do you usually stay closer to home? Now and again. If
3: mm-hmm. uh, there's some decent concerts on, we'll, we'll maybe come through, eh?
0: Who do you like to, who do you see? Who would, who would be worth
3: the trip? Uh, well, I would probably come through and see some of the, the bands, eh? The, the U2, something mm-hmm. like that, eh? They'll probably come here. Uh, just things like that, yeah.
2: I think you're you're forgetting that you did just tell me you came to see Strictly Come Dancing.
3: Yeah. I did, did you not yeah, want that was, to be yeah, broadcast? Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to keep that out myself. Was <laughs> that from this series? Yes, who it did, was. Who I, did you see? Yeah, it was uh, me, Mrs. She. Uh, well, she basically badgers me every Saturday to watch it. So the, she, she got a couple of tickets at Christmas, and we went through and watched it a couple of weeks back. And I, I must admit, I enjoyed it. Who's your favourite? The favourite, oh, Ali Ash, he was, mm-hmm. was really good.
1: He's Ali Ash. you got, you got to watch Strictly Music. Yeah, I've, Ali I've Ali never watched it's it's great Ash. TV. Hey. Yeah. It's great TV. I <laughs> have a life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yes, apparently.
2: <laughs> Graham, tell us what you're up to these days when you're not watching concerts, watching Strictly Come Dancing. What's day-to-day life for Graham Hogg at the moment?
3: Well, it's basically working, eh? I, uh, I work three days a week at uh, a company called Bid Foods in uh, Edinburgh. And uh, it's basically consi- it's, it's uh, driving and uh, foods f- selling food stuffs up to customers in Aberdeen. It's mainly Aberdeen that I do, mm-hmm. and uh, so from Falkirk
2: to Aberdeen, that's your
3: that that's right. Yeah, that's that's what I do Monday, uh, sorry Monday, Wednesday, and Friday,
2: mm-hmm.
3: which it's quite it's quite demanding. That's why I do the three days because mm-hmm. it's two two o'clock in the morning start
2: oh wow
3: so I get up around well I get about two o'clock leave the house about half past two get into work for about three o'clock half past three get the lorry all loaded up in a way way up to right. Aberdeen and sometimes I'm back four or five in, at night oh that's a long day so it's uh, uh, it's quite demanding yeah. how far is that Aberdeen Falkirk Aberdeen from Falkirk probably about two and a half hours right? some driving yeah, <laughs> doesn't doesn't doesn't. It, yeah.
2: how long have you been doing that
3: I've been doing that for about seventeen years.
2: Wow!
3: Did you ever got the opportunity to stand football? Not really, Dave. No, no not really. No, because I, uh, I, when I was at Portsmouth, uh, Joe Jordan for Hearts, he came in and took me up up up, up here in Scotland. Yeah, from from that time on. I've really kind of I lost touch with the English side of the game eh? mm. and also contacts as well yeah. so that sort of Would it have been something bit. you'd have been interested did you do your badges or did you go in for your badges or? I haven't i never done my no. badges no no Would you have looking back looking back and what I've got to do now yeah, yeah, I would have it would have been well worthwhile doing mm-hmm. it yeah What what sort of role do you think you'd have liked if you were still working in the game I'd have probably liked to go into coaching as in I don't know if management would be for me, but uh, I, I certainly think coaching, coaching the kids would give me a hell of a lot of yeah. satisfaction.
0: Is it something you've tried to do or is it, I, don't, I mean, I've no, I say that I've no idea how easy it is to just go to a football club and say, "How I used to play football. Can I help?
3: Yeah, well, uh, to, to be fair, my, my boy was at Falkirk for a good few years. Well, Steve Fulton, he, he was there at the time and uh, asked me just to do a wee bit, bits and pieces with the, you know, the kids in the community, yeah, things, yeah. which which I did do. But he was only part-time. And uh, I enjoyed that, I really did enjoy that. And then when my boy, he progressed into basically the reserve sides and, and, and he got his chance in the first team. Mm-hmm. And I went to them and I said, well, listen, I said, if you're looking for any scouting, people are going to go and maybe look at players or whatever, yeah. and uh, okay, be, feel free and I'll, and I'll go and do it for you. And uh, nothing came of it. Absolutely nothing came of it. Which, to be quite honest, with you, I was a wee bit disappointed because. Mm. I mean, one thing I do know is I know what I'm looking at when I'm watching a football game. eh? you know if somebody can play, if somebody can't play. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was really it. So, so
1: from that day, then it was like a case of, what do I do now? Just move on and. Yeah, yeah.
3: That was more or less. I. Well, fr- from from when I finished my my professional career when I was at Brentford that was I mean I went there Mickey, Mickey Adams was manager at the time and I went there and I played about 20 odd games and the last game of the season was Bristol Rovers and we got beat 3, three one we got beat so we, we ended up we, we went down mm-hmm. and it was actually strange because on on the actual Saturday that we played Bristol, City, uh, Br- Bristol Rovers Mickey Adams wasn't at the game so the boys are all talking and you know what it's like in the dressing room yeah. saying wait a minute what's going on there's something kicked off here, eh? And I think that played a big part in in the result being what it was. Uh, anyway, after the game, mm-hmm. uh our phone I spoke to Mick and he said, Oh, he says, I'd say I'm away, like, you know. But he said, I'll keep your name in mind and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll see I'll see what I can do wherever I go if I can take you. And that was it. I went back up to Scotland, that was the end of the season, went back up to Scotland. A couple of weeks up there, and I thought I've no heard nothing back. Of but so I give him a ring. So I phoned up, and obviously, it'd been taken over with Ron Nodes and uh, Ray Lunton, He came mm-hmm. in, so I actually spoke to Ray Lunton and I, I said, "Well, look, I said I'm just basically when Mickey Adams was here, he, he was going to offer me that year, and that year would have took me to my pension and yeah. that." So he says, "Well, he says unfortunately things have changed." Uh, the chairman he wants to go for a young sir, young, fresh side and basically anybody over the age of 30 is uh, you know we're, we're not interested eh? he says but anyway uh, I wish you I wish you all the best and hopefully you can get yourself a club I says ok thanks very much and put the phone down and, and, and when we put in the phone fo- honestly when I put that phone down I w- that was my career finished I was like 16 17 years in the game gone was wow.
2: it. What year was this? Do you remember?
3: Oh, I would have been ninety. Be 98.
2: ninety-eight.
3: That was it. I oh, was it? Just, oh, was it finished? So I went and played a bit of junior football. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I, that was it. You or like the PFA, you get your, your money for the PFA. Yeah. you Know your years in the game or whatever yeah. they do, and they give you, and you get a, a lump sum off them and whatever, which does obviously help me. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking to myself, this money's not going to last. No. You know, I mean, I need to go and do something. So I thought, Christ, what did I do? And uh, it was absolutely soul-destroying. I ended up getting a, a job as a security guard, manning a building in Falkirk, selling computers, laptops, whatever, eh? And I did that. It was a night shift and. I did that for about two months just to get some money through the door because we had to live on something and uh, at the same time I was still playing at Linlithgow Rose, the juniors. So what I used to do was, because it was night time and I made sure everything was all locked up, I used to train inside the building. I used to deactivate the alarms and train inside run. it was a massive building eh? and I used to run around the building doing, doing the training and that, and then came back got up, quite wash or whatever and I put the telly on and I watched the telly in the wee corner of the wee room I was in but I could see everything that was going outside and then when the vans come round that were like making sure the, the guy's doing his patrols mm. he's doing his business and that then eh, I made sure that I was sitting there as soon as they were away I, that was it I had a kip underneath the, the chair and everything there eh? presumably when
0: you took that job I'm guessing you were thinking well I'm not going to be finishing football yet and it it just didn't didn't go anywhere so you had to No, it,
3: it didn't go anywhere because really you've got to be in a certain frame of mind and that kind of how I was playing football at that time because I was working trying to get a job obviously the job I was, the jobs I was getting weren't for me and at the same time training a Tuesday night and your preparations are totally, totally different. And when you go and play on the Saturday and that, you're, because you're working and playing, it's a total different mindset yeah. altogether. And even after that, well, when, I, when I finished that job, I went into the driving with a Parcel Force for a wee while. And I remember a game, we were playing a cup game at Winlithgow, and it was seven o'clock kickoff, right? And I got to the ground at quarter past six, right, working gear on everything, bag in the back of the car the lot, I thought, Jesus Christ, here we go. Nipped in, got my gear on, had a wee warm up that way. And the first 15 minutes of the game, it was, the guy was just flying by me, honestly. My piece of box was, I don't know where it was, eh? but the boy was just flying by me. And that's when I thought to myself, well, I I can't handle this I I, I can't do this and yet you've got guys that have been doing it regular it's nothing to them coming Mm -hmm. for their work straight in changed and away you go there'll be people that are listening to this that
0: will maybe because of their age won't understand some of what you're saying because the idea of someone playing over a hundred times for Manchester United and then as soon as their career finishes having to go and work somewhere would seem extraordinary to them for you now, is has there ever been any moment of maybe not resentment or bitterness, but like almost looking back and thinking, why? Because you I guess you retiring in 98 was so close to the cusp of when I guess all of that
3: changed and yeah. the money in football changed so drastically. That's just the, just the way the times go, eh? as simple as that. I mean, at the time when I was playing, if you were on like £750 a week, that was good wages, mm. that was good money. And to get that sort of money when you're in Sivvy Street is, is very, very, very difficult. So there's no, no, there's no resentment in that. Uh, that's just the, the, the way the times move mm-hmm. on, eh? But uh, looking back, I wish I was playing now, even, even to what I'd done in the game. I mean, I, as I say, I was hundred odd games I played at Manu, I think eight, 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 85, 86 uh, league games, but there's cup games as well. I mean, looking back, if, you, if you're playing that now and even just a squad player now, you're going to be sitting, if, if you look after yourself, pretty, pretty mm. for, for years to come. Mm. Nice big house, cars, whatever. Which, uh, that wasn't there in, in, in my day.
0: This is jumping ahead slightly into your career, but I have heard a great story about your first
3: club car. Well, I, w- I was at Big Ron for, for weeks and weeks about uh, getting a club car. And uh, it was basically Arthur Alwiston was the ringleader behind all this, eh? getting everybody to wind me up and come in with one another game and it's all right. man, have you got the car yet? Oh, no, I've not got it. Uh, next week, though, you got to keep playing well and, you know, getting just, oh, the, the senior pro's just winding me up. Eh? So anyway, <laughs> comes out of the training and uh, Big Ron's standing like that. I thought, magic. So I says to Mark Sparky, Mark Hughes, I says, yeah, hey, I've got my club car, eh? When you dance on magic, here we go. So I came out, and as I I walked, walked, well, the cliff, the training ground, eh, walks to the car, eh. I see this dancing. I know, just a dancing sitting there, and I thought, wait. Because it was at the time, it was Ford, they were the sponsors, eh. So, standing there, and I'm looking at the key ring, and it's got, it's got like, that dancing Toyota thing on it and I thought, ah, wait a minute. And then the next minute they're all gathering round the car. <laughs> so I said, I'm not getting in. I said, no way. And then the next minute the sun photographer guy arrives there right right at the side. And I thought, I said a set, big time I said, oh, what's a set? I said, that's a joke. You can't do that. It was a year after a European game. Rava Gore, some team would play a day and we're, and I'd done, done well in the game, and I thought, oh, imagine I'm going to. Every time I, I played reasonably well, I would think, I need, I need to get in now, yeah. I need to try. Anyway, what Arms was, he says, no, he says, get big man. He says, not a problem. He says, there you go. And all the boys gathered around. He says, didn't he worry? He says, well, we're not going to print this. There's not a problem. He says, it's all right. I thought, I never jumped in. And all the boys, are, oh, he's got a car, oh, he's got a car, and all that. EO, the idea thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there takes a photograph and Big Ron's standing there eh? next day it's in the sunny all over the place eh? wee Arthur comes up to me and says hey big man Uh get it framed get it on your wall Eh? all experiences
2: for the Mm. younger listeners like myself and Sam is that not a very good car
0: (laughs) I think there was 120,000 miles on the clock I took it
1: for a week (laughs) (laughs) because I
2: genuinely don't know whether that's a good car or not but I presume no
1: not the yeah. best. Not the best. <laughs> I, I think, Not when you're at Man United, and you think club cars. Uh, I think, think it was a, 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 week, and I, and a week
3: later. Then I got my car. Eh? Yeah. yeah. And the car that I got was Sparky's, the Capri, the, the Laser, Capri Laser, or something like that. Eh? <laughs> so I got that for a year.
1: Can we? Uh, can we go back to the start as well? Uh, what was it like growing up
3: in Aberdeen? It was. It was great. I mean, uh, I used to play. And uh, we used to have a boy. We played for the school in the morning, and uh, the boys' club in the afternoon. That that's how it used to work mm-hmm. in the in, in day, days. Eh, and it was brilliant. I uh, played with Aberdeen Lads Club. I was there. Well, basically there until until I left and went down to Manchester. I went down to Manchester at sixteen. Did I, your dad play football? And my dad played with Aberdeen. Yeah. i, I dad, dad was at Aberdeen for fourteen years. Right. Okay. Yeah, he was captain for ten years. And it was while I was playing for uh, Powys Academy that uh, there's a guy called Jack Buchanan who was a scout for mm-hmm. Manchester, yeah. and uh, Harry Austin, who was an ex-player with Aberdeen. They used to go around uh, the the school matches and youth games and whatever, and see if there's anybody that maybe they could, they could send down. Mm-hmm. Eh? And I remember we played uh, we played Hilton Academy in the morning down at Powers and. Uh, after the game, I didn't play that well. And eh? after the game, I'm just walking away, and this guy comes walking towards me, a well, wee dog. So he says, you know, "A wee word with you." He says, uh, "We've been watching you for about ten matches, but they were also watching me." in uh, the boys' club football, as well, mm-hmm. not just in the morning with the school, yeah. they're watching you. For over a, So it was like 10, 10 weeks they, they were watching me. And uh, he said, well, like you, you fancy going down to Man United for a trial? So I ran, gets my gear on, goes back to my old man. I said, it's just a guy with a dog came up to me and said, you fancy going down to Man United for a trial? And then, right enough, he, next <laughs> again game, he was back watching and that, and then they came up to the house, the two of them, Harry and uh, Jabba Cannon, and they organised that so that I went down to Manchester for, uh, it was a week's trial at the time. Boys used to stay in the halls of residence, mm-hmm. the, the university just over beside the cliff, eh? Yeah.
2: Was that um, a week's trial with other players who were on trial? Yeah, that, yeah.
3: that's right. There would, the, the, the would be, uh, there'd be a scout from, a main scout for Glasgow, one up, up in Aberdeen and... Uh, they would just meet up, and then I mean, five or six get lads would just go down for trials. Mm-hmm. Eh? And then you would just you would go down and eh, play a little match of games and uh, at the cliff and couple of, couple of matches eh, yeah, to, yeah. towards the end yeah. of, of the week. And then they would just pick out who they thought they basically fancied coming back and having another look at you know. Was the other players there that
1: we would know are in that? Week, uh,
3: or- Clayton Blackmore, right? okay. Aye. Clayton Blackmore was on was on the trial. John, there's a lad called John Sludden as well. He uh, he went to, he went to Celtic right up here. He was on it as well. G- uh, Gary McAllister, Gary McAllister yeah, was yeah. was on uh, the same one as me. In fact, I, 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 then the next thing, uh, the next against Summer holidays I went down and Gary was on that as well. but Believe it or not, G- Gary McAllister at that age was small. I mean you look in for he must be yeah, six, yeah. six foot odd, didn't yeah, yeah. he? But yeah. at that age he was he was quite small. But great ability. Yeah. And I think that was the reason that they that Man you didn't they didn't take him on he because he's height. Great player.
2: So you did sign for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Was it daunting making that move to Manchester? I know you weren't really really young, but you're about sixteen whenever you made that move.
3: Yeah, that's right. Still yeah. pretty young when you look uh, yeah, at the kids now. You think, uh, yeah. wow,
2: moving away—that's mm. quite quite a distance from Glasgow to Manchester. Yeah. Did you go into digs straight away?
3: I was I was I was with Mark, me and Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes we were <laughs> on the yeah. same digs, and we we were in Uh,
1: mm.
3: uh M- Molly and Alan and Alan Jennings was uh, the people that looked after us. See, and uh, that was oh we were there for about a month. And Mark's said, it's would say to me, oh, wait a minute, because she was so, so pernicative, It was unbelievable. You had to eat the old bananas before the new bananas. You know, when you're And if seasonal, my kids do that. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> unbelievable. Oh. And Mark said, to me, he says, oh. and then she actually put a mark on the juice because she child-minded as well. Eh? Right. And all the bottles of juice that she kept underneath the sink when she had the kids, when the kids left, she marked it, marked the bottles. <laughs> so I remember coming in for a train, I said, oh, i got a drink of juice. So I went and picked the juice bottle up and I said, I said, you she's looking at you." I said, I'm yeah. oh, really, really thirsty, so I said, wait a minute, she just fell out of water and put it back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you get
3: away with it? Oh, for for a couple of weeks, aye. aye. So you only stayed there but, for a month and then
2: you just had enough?
3: Oh, well, I've, I've, I'm on to the six weeks. But the only way... I, I think we did get away with it because, I mean, it was it was, it was child-minded and the kids on there going to turn around and say, oh, it's worn in that juice. <laughs> Who
2: what keeps her juice under the sink?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> um, what were your mum and dad saying at this time? Because I guess, as Helen was saying, 16 is quite young to move away from home and your dad yeah. paid for Aberdeen, so was he...
3: Did he come down with you? Did he try and come and watch when you were playing? The the first couple of weeks, well, say the f- the first, see the first two months I was down there, they would come down quite quite regular, just to see how things were, and how you're yeah. settling and that. Eh? But to be honest, I did, I, I didn't find it a big deal because the I I was with sparky, and I mean to be fair, it wasn't, too, it wasn't it too? wasn't wasn't that bad for him because he was in Wales. Yeah, but. What I did do was I uh, used to pho- I used to phone them every night, and it must have cost me a fortune on uh, the payphone because it we used to go. I used to go to this Pacifics payphone every night, and the ten pences and whatever the banging and I used to phone him every single night for about a year. Oh. So that and, and that that gave me in a way the comfort that yeah, I'm yeah. still talking to them and whatever. And, and and the football was the football was coming on well. Mm-hmm
1: who did yeah. you look after who were, the, who were the pros you looked after
3: cleaning the boots and yeah. things like that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, d- I did Jordan Joe Jordan's boots Stevie Coppoles, uh Martin Bucking he was the, very particu- uh, particular oh god know? if you took Martin Bucking's well I've here no way, now eh? but I did it at the time <laughs> He took his brush it was oh, it was a night was just, uh, kick off big time his hairbrush yeah Absolute nightmare. If he touched, he used to come in with his toilet bag, his as slacks, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the business, eh? And look, just looked like a it was just like a tailor's dummy walking yeah. through the door every day. Yeah, <laughs> and he would he'd go absolutely mental because I remember Lou McCary used to really really wind him up in eh, yeah. neck neck stuff after shaves and you know and <laughs> go mental.
2: Do you think one of the part of one of the reasons why you found it easy to settle was because there was such a big Scottish contingency at the club at the time?
3: It helped. I de- oh, it definitely helped. Uh, well, Arthur Alberston was great. You know, he he was a good player. Mm-hmm. Were there players
2: that you came across during your time playing in Scotland?
3: Not really. No, but. but because I mean as I say there were most of the players sort of was all, I was in England I was playing mainly in England yeah. so the the the, the, the guys that, there was players that I played with at school who went on and played for Scottish yes. clubs yes. I mean at the time when I was in Aberdeen uh, there was a, uh, I mean Sir Alex took so many guys like Neil Cooper mm-hmm. remember Neil Cooper he yeah, was at yeah, Rangers yeah. and yeah. sadly he's died uh, he was at Aston Villa so there was Neil Cooper, there was John Hewitt, Neil Simpson. Mm-hmm. There was there, there was a lot of young boys that he took from schoolboy football. Mm-hmm. At that time, the the standard in football in Aberdeen, for especially club level, boys club level, was very 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 good. Eh? Mm.
2: Was there a crossover between Sir Alex and your dad?
3: Aye, my dad actually Sir Alex was at Rangers. at the time and my dad played at Aberdeen and uh, my dad played a couple of times against Mm them of course uh, my dad was a defender and uh, Sir Alex he was a a forward and I I, I, think my dad Mm -hmm. uh, nailed him a couple of times said and true
1: Scottish
2: fashion
3: nailed him a few times brilliant brilliant
2: sorry I went back a little bit there so the Scottish players really took you under their wing and helped you to settle really in your first Couple
3: of years, yeah, down there, yeah. The, the, the first team players were brilliant with the with the young boys, you know. It's, and in fact, I don't know if it happens now, but it was nothing that they really unexpected to, to, to maybe see a couple of the bo- a couple of the first team players watching the game at the cliff mm-hmm. on 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 the morning. Yeah, where at, at that time you'd uh, an A team and a B team, and then your reserves and first team. Mm-hmm. It was a great structure. It, re- yeah. it really was because it meant that. If, for example, you were playing in the a team but struggling a little bit, you wouldn't miss a week's football basically they would just drop you to the to, to the, the b team yeah, yeah. so that every it was a it was a big culture at the time for every professional player on the books that they had or the, as an apprentices as well that they played football every week they got a game mm-hmm. which I thinks changed drastically now yeah. eh?
1: Yeah, yeah that's can, very true.
3: You can go weeks and weeks and weeks without mm-hmm. playing now. Yeah. yeah.
0: What was your focus during that period? Did you care which team you were playing for? Or did you just want to be playing
3: football? I just wanted to play, to be honest, every week. I look forward to because, I mean, you, you, okay, you trained all week. So you want you to wanted play on, on a Saturday. And at the time, I was a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Sid Owens. Sid Owens was a youth team coach right. at the time. And uh, he was old school, really old school. 65 he was, eh? And what he would do is he would demonstrate in training, would do all sorts of drills. None, to be quite honest, none complicated. It was five asides, back across and shooting, pinging balls, just the the basic stuff, eh? But it was regular stuff, eh? And uh, I remember one day, Sparky says to me, he says, oh, he's no... taking this out again it was just pin, just like a wee circle and crossovers and all this loved all that left and right shooting strikers it was just basic stuff hey, but mm-hmm. it, it could be quite boring and uh, he says to me after we're sitting in the digs and he says getting something he says I'm just thinking see that exercise we'd done the day he says it was a shambles eh when we did it absolute shambles he says but see when Sid demonstrated it it was spot on mm. he never made a mistake yeah And and, I was a 65 year old guy, and he was pinging balls left and right, and and then asking them to ping it back to me. And he was controlling them, bringing them down, and slipping them to the side. And and, uh, so he was showing you what to do, and yet we're all laughing and come on, get a grip.' Couldn't do it, yeah. So, and then, as I say, Sid Sid then he retired and whatever, and uh, Eric Harrison. Eric Harrison came in and he was uh, he was a youth team coach. He was he was as straight as a die, mm-hmm. you know. Nice fella, good guy. He, he, he wouldn't stand for the fancy dandals, eh? You know oh. the ones that have nice tricks here or there, but they don't dig, they don't graft. Yeah. He would say to me, "I mean, I wasn't I wasn't blessed with the best of skills or." But what I could, I would give a hundred percent, and I would tackle and I'd get in there. Eh? Yeah. He says, "Give me that every day, right?" He says, "Because you get guys with far more ability that can do this, that, whatever with the ball joint." He says, "But hey, they play one in seven. Yeah, that's no good to me. I love that. Eric was. I mean, you look at the the class of
1: class ninety two that came through. How good they were, and every single one of them turns to Eric and Eric Harrison goes." Because of what he did with me is where I got to him a career because it's it was that benchmark of you've got to work hard, you've got to train hard, you've got to give everything in every single game. And that's what I did. I mm-hmm.
3: just got my head down. For the first when we went into digs for the first couple of years, eighteen months or so, maybe I wouldn't say it was two a year, but a good eighteen months, eh? Me and Sparky were in my beds for ten o'clock at night.
2: Good boys. Oh,
3: And I'd go to pictures. We would go to the pictures and all that. Eh? Yeah. And we totally Delicate dedicated. I'm talking nearly two years dedicated. Mm-hmm. We just ate, slept football. Do I you mean, think you were a, a good of,
2: influence on each other then, in that respect?
3: I we bounced off each other, definitely, yeah. We, we're because talk, we're
2: both kind of on the same path, right? We both
3: want to yeah, make this. That's right, we both We we both basically want to get in the first team. Was yeah. as simple as that. Because we used to go to the games, go to the games on the, on on the Saturday, stand right at the very back and watch your matches, get your programmes or whatever, and you would watch the player. Watch your. I used to say, watch the player that plays in your position, and try and kind of emulate that and take wee bits and pieces off it. Eh? Who yeah. was so,
2: that? Who, mm-hmm. were you, who were you watching then?
3: Well, Gordon McQueen, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon McQueen, Ma- Gordon McQueen, Martin Bucking were the were the centre halves when I went there, and then obviously you had uh, and then Kevin came through, Kevin Moran came through, but by that time I was kind of I was in the sort of the reserves and things like that, and I was trying, to, you know, we were joking for positions, trying yeah. to try and get in there, and that's how I initially got in the side. Was we went to uh, went to Spain. On uh, pre season, and Big Gordon, Big Gordon dislocated his shoulder. I think it was a couple of days before we were coming back. Mm-hmm. And that's when it was Watford, we were playing at home, when Mo Johnston was there. All right. And uh, Big Ron pulled me to the side. He says, Hey, he says, get your head right. He says, You're going to be playing on Saturday. He says, No chance, absolutely no chance. He'll be playing. So he says, Guaranteed, you're playing on Saturday. He says, so see when you get back, head down. Bed early and get ready. He says you'll be mm. playing Saturday. See you later. And that was it. So I told Sparky, I said, I said oh, "I'm playing Saturday." And he's, "All right, brilliant." <laughs> 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 and uh, how did your debut did, you go? Well, I
2: Did you play that uh, Saturday? That wasn't that wasn't
3: that wasn't uh, was my debut. So
1: right.
3: the, uh, the debut was a Bournemouth game, right. That's when we got beat, man, you got beat 2-0 for Bournemouth and Harry Redknapp was manager. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good debut then. Huh? <sighs> to be fair, I did okay. Yeah, I did alright on the game because, uh, I mean, it was a massive upset, that. Mm. So we were in on the Sunday. Big Ron just run the eh? I mean, we were in, at the time with the the, the gym at the cliff. Yeah, yeah, Where it was all the red shale.
1: Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean,
3: yeah. if you, and he always wore the, the, the tracky bottoms going in there and you know where it was, I mean, you got a couple of nice burns on that, on, on that, eh? <laughs> So he took them in there and gave him shuttle runs, all sorts. Uh, and as I was, I was getting ready to go, he says to me, he says, by the way, he says, hey, take your cut off. He says, "Go and get yourself a bath." He says, "You've done the business." He says, "See if half of them played the way you played on Saturday, Saturday." He says, "We would have won a game." He says, "So get a bath," and the only way we went training, I was in the bath eh? well, there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were in
2: the bath. Was he in his
3: sunbed? Hmm? <laughs> I think he was. Aye, <laughs> I mean. because uh, he, he would never, he would never ever come out uh, in the rain. Never ever, ever. Uh, I remember John Goodman We were jogging round 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 the cliff eh? and he says, Ah well, he says, Hey, you got no chance of seeing him today and the boys looking at me, you could see was a blue light (laughs) flickering like that. What was your relationship with him like? Good. Really good, aye. But to be quite honest with you, there were actually they were forced to, to to give me that to to give me that that debut at the time, yeah. in, in, in the cup because all, all the centre halves were injured. Mm-hmm. Gordon McQueen was out. I think Kevin was out. Billy Garton, he was he was kind of he was struggling with some some sort of injury. I think it was his ankle or something like that. So then kind of fell on me because at the time me, me and Billy played like central league together playing the A team B team yeah. Billy was a good player mm-hmm. really good on the ball and whatever yeah. but I wish I had some some of the ability that Billy did have on the ball the way he moved the ball and that he was, was really good but it, it it wasn't really physical I really I mean I would I would just get into them as eh? simple yeah. as that and I think I kind of thought well here you go yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't really bother who I played against. Mm. There. I would just think, no, wait a minute. As, as Ron said to me, you go up there, it's, I'm going to win the battle today. Mm. Simple as that. And then just, just go and go for it.
0: Did you feel like the way people treated you, teammates, family, friends, anybody else, treated you was different once you'd sort of established yourself in the first team and you were playing more regularly?
3: Uh, you've got to watch with that one because obviously when you when you get kind of established the first the, I was I think the second season or something I played 30 30 odd games it was a, I had a good seat, and then from there it was kind of stop and start but I, played, I, I was reg, quite regular what you find is a lot of people like to be in your company and sort of you know, like to be with you as in I still say over there yeah like you know when Say for example, you've played at you played at Old Trafford, and you maybe you've beat Aston Villa two one or something like that. It'd been a good game. You've played really well. You'd go into the players' lounge after the game, and there are certain people that you maybe see at the cliff, or guys got a garage and so yeah, and so's yeah, got yeah. a business or whatever. So what you do is you get a bit pally with them, and you maybe say, "Is any hey, chance a couple of tickets?" And then you give them a couple of tickets, whatever. They're at the game, and then they become regular at the game. On the other side of the coin that's great while everything's going well and you're playing just say you get an injury and you're out the team for maybe six weeks but you're still at the game and you're still there and you're still going into the players lounge that's when you see it hmm. that's when you see the change eh? because the same people they get the tickets the tickets off you and they're aye oh, hey, big man how's it going great game today. the day you've done brilliant eh? just give you alright big man how's it going how's the injury in the back tons definitely. Did you have,
1: did you find that? I find, yeah, particularly not so much when it was a Blackburn, but United. You you get so many so-called friends, associate friends, and it's, as you say, when the proverbial it's a fan, and you're not playing too well, then you go, oh hold on a minute. You That's see, right. You, you can count, You welcome to reality. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you can yeah. count your friends on one hand. You really can. Yeah, you were there through thick and thin. But yeah, I, I certainly found that United definitely.
2: Graham, did you tell Arthur Alberston that you had Maradona in your back pocket?
3: Yeah, <laughs> that was a big pocket. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have to tell us about that game. What's yeah. your memories from that game?
3: Oh, it was it was absolute. The the, the second leg at Old Trafford was just absolutely amazing. I mean you, you, in fact you speak Dave you probably know just as well as me but you'll speak to people at uh, Old Trafford punters and they would probably say to you yeah. the atmosphere that night was absolutely out of this world it was um, it was amazing it was unbelievable eh? I
2: think a few people have told us about
1: that because game and we the got,
3: atmosphere we got beat we got beat two over there yeah. and uh, I was unfortunate enough but by God it was a what a goal it was I scored an OG <laughs> over there, and uh, I remember it was the, the, it was it had been raining, and I think uh, he, the guy crossed it for the right hand side. And I put my, I tried to just block it, and it skited right off my boot, straight in roof of the net. And that's when Big Ron said to Gary, he said, I'll tell you, he said to me, he said, by the way, well, what a strike, that, when things had settled, what a strike that was. He said, it's the first goal I've ever, I've ever seen that the goalie dives five seconds once it's hit the back of the net. <laughs> 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 and uh, I wore 2-0 down and it was, it was more or less done and dusted. Did you ever think you could get back into that? We hoped, eh? Yeah, because obviously the players I had at the, at the time. Ah, they, had, they had great, I mean, Bernd Schuster. Yeah. He was he just glided about the place. Mm-hmm. Eh? Uh, Schuster and then obviously Maradona. They had a good
0: side. I fear for those listening that maybe we're talking about this game as though people automatically know we're talking about Barcelona and everything that's at stake. And maybe we haven't quite put that on the table, so I just thought I'd mention that. So for you, going into that, how, what was what was the what was the occasion
3: in your mind? Right. O- over in Barcelona, Ron wasn't too sure who he was going to play, whether he was going to play Big Paul, Big Paul or myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I look back on it, I mean, I'm really honoured that it was me who played. <laughs> Believe me, I, I really am. I. And at the time, he decided to go with me because he, he he thought that I was, well, maybe going to be more physical, Yeah. physical than what Big Paul. Because at the time, Big Paul did switch off. Because mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's a, he was at, his ability was immense. was, a, but he used to, he did used to switch off, and uh, he played me, and as I say, we got beat two nil over there, and it was a case of well, as a mountain to climb on the second leg, at Old Trafford. But it was it was just
1: an amaz- amazing what's your What's your mindset going into that game thinking you're probably going to play against I agree one of the best footballers yeah. to ever walk this planet? And probably in a lot of people's eyes still is the best player. I know we've got Ronaldo and Messi's been there, Pelé's been there, but for me I still think Maradona is probably one of the... I still think he's the best player. Missing
2: one key player there, but that's okay. Johnny
3: Evans? Yeah.
2: George Best <laughs>
3: <laughs> well to, to, to be honest Dave
1: how, how do you approach a game knowing that you're playing against the world's best player what's your what's your see, mindset see be honest
3: with you I'd only played I think seven games in the first team at the time and in fact maybe it was never four or five games right and then it was and I was flung straight into to Mark Maradona obviously you're you're I wasn't scared no but I thought to myself well wait a minute try as much as possible to keep him mm. in front of you yeah don't give him the speed don't get too tight on him just give yourself that half yard that if he does turn that you can in the first 10 minutes nail him yeah make sure he knows the score and, and, and that actually happened in the first 15 minutes of the game he turned straight into me and then he got up and started giving it the old whatever it was he said to me I don't know and uh, the game, the game just kept uh, kind of passed by. Yeah. It just passed by, eh? and I thought, "Well, wait a minute." And then he he, he kept away. He kept kind of distance from me. He was dropping short quite a lot, Perfect, and man. never and never once got a, got up and started running. I'm a Saint Christ eh? yeah, yeah. but I wasn't scared. I, I just thought, "No, well, okay, he's got the reputation." But I mean, reputation, he was an immense player. But rep, reputations are. Reputations, he's flesh and blood exactly the same as you. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he's he is Maradona. Just do your job. hmm and, and you did. And and and, and I did I, yeah.
1: When did it come in the game where you actually turned round and said to Arthur, I've got him in my pocket. It was old Trafford. Yeah, but when in the game? When in the game? Yeah.
3: Would it have mm-hmm. been like eighty, ninety oh, minutes? Probably half time. <laughs> 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 How old were you? I was nineteen. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Nineteen at a time,
0: yeah. Because uh, of course we won the match three nil. This is the quarter final, the cup winners' cup. But if because of away goals, even at three nil, if they score,
3: that's right. We're going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still had that in the back of your mind as well, but mm. the crowd that night it was, it, as I say, it was a it was a twelfth man. Mm. Uh, it was. It How was, good was um, Rob all that
1: night? Brilliant. Who would be the best player you played with?
3: I'd have to say McGrath, Big Paul, as yeah. a partner. Yeah, his, i mean, I'm telling you, Paul, Paul, Paul You could play Paul McGrath in midfield, mm-hmm. and he would still do a job for a great job for you. But but as a part, I played a few ten games, twelve games with him. At, at least, and uh, I, I just go and attack everything. Go, go and attack it, win that, attack and nail him and get a bit of time and, and play. cut that ball in, in behind it, uh, the, the fullback that kind of thing. Don't worry what you do when you're going challenging because at the end of the day you've got security. You've got a Rolls Royce behind you and that's how we played it. Eh? Mm-hmm. Go, just go and attack, win your, win your tackles, time to play, just play the easy ball. Anything behind you, forget about it because you, no one's going to beat him. Paul actually used to when boys were floated in, in behind the fullbacks, would come across an mm. amble, because Big Ron used to have a go many a time about it, and say, "Hey, wait a minute, get here." Mick Brown's turned around and says, "Oh, we'll come, we come. Wait a minute," and then all of a sudden, this. Sh- See the last couple of yards, he thought he'd know. No, oh, he's not going to get this. Yeah. And then the last couple of yards, when he thinks "Oh, wait a minute, I better," and then he would throw the leg, the leg over, spin, running back the goalkeeper. Uh, Uh, some player yeah, great great player
2: Obviously you've spoken about you had a good relationship with Ron Atkinson and he obviously had the trust Mm -hmm. in you because he played you at 19 years old and you'd only had uh, a few appearances for the club what was your reaction when he eventually left the club were you sad or worried about your future at the club
3: Obviously I was sad because at the end of the day Big Ron was the one that gave me my chance but that's football for you You've, you've got to get on with it. It's as simple as that. There's nothing you can do about it. Eh? He's got the sack and, 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 and that's it. Nothing you can do. You're just thinking to yourself, well, who comes in? But you've really, as, as a footballer, I mean, you know yourself as well, Dave. The managers come and go. and yeah. you, you What you've got to do, you, you've you got to look after yourself. You've got to keep playing, keep yourself fit, keep focused. And that's what every player's got to do. When the next manager comes in, then get on with it.
1: I'm not, i must not stash Arthur's mentioned this many, many times about the
3: hamburgers. (laughs) The challenge, the the hamburgers. Yeah, no, it was eggs. Sure, Arthur mentioned it was hamburgers. No, no, it wasn't. God, I mean, either way, I'm I'm very interested in the egg story. (laughs) Couldn't eat ten ten hamburgers in whatever minutes. No, it was. It was in. We went to Magaluf.
1: 'Cause you would just challenge
3: everything, would Oh, yeah. Oh. Well we, we we were we were just young boys coming into the side. The first team boys had plenty of money. Plenty of money. Yeah. So Sparky says to me, he says, Hey, listen, he says, I ah, he says, no way. Because he was tight. Aye, I mean really tight. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to Magaloo for the week. Lou Macari was always winding everybody. I mean, never drank. He never no. drank a drop, no. eh? But Worm he was on the watch uh, Wound <laughs> everybody oh, unbelievable and uh, what we'll goes in this bar so Louis says right something like ten boiled eggs within a certain a time limit and if you can do it money's yours big man it's yours eh? Mark says eh I couldn't do it I said oh, I'll go at this so anyway I, I did it I eventually did it but you were getting all the oh come on big because I was really really toiling at the end there eh? come on big I man ten boiled eggs how long, how oh, long did you have oh, oh to, to do it
1: and you was drinking as well by this time. you hey, were
3: drinking oh, oh yeah, know, yeah yeah aye oh, yeah. drinking a well couple of minutes it was uh, but it might have been more than ten a eh? but it wasn't long eh. And you uh, were getting, back, and Arthur was giving you <laughs> on the barkey. Eh? Come on, big man, you're getting it, and you're skewing it all out, and you <laughs> Come on, big man, great, a bit of water on your face and all that. Come on, you'll get there. Anyway, I go out there and done it and got the money. Brilliant. And me and Sparky went away and said, Right, let's go. We went to a couple of bars all over the place. Eh?
2: <laughs> Graham you talk about if you're not up to standard, you go down to the other team, somebody's coming up behind you. In your case, Steve Bruce was coming to the club. Tell us about that time.
3: At the time, Alex Sir Alex uh, signed Steve Bruce for Norwich. I think it was 800 grand. And at the time, uh, that was the prayer. That was the, the prayer. And I thought, hey, wait a I minute, mean, I need to get my act together quick quick here. Because uh, he spent 800,000 on Steve Bruce. And I thought, well, he's going to be playing. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. I, need, I need to, like, I just need to hang in there and see and see what I can do. And uh, big Paul so it would have been Paul, Paul and, and uh, Steve Bruce at the time, wouldn't it? Would it yeah, be, yeah. Wouldn't it? Aye. Yeah. Paul and, and Steve Bruce. I and uh, I always remember we played Derby County at Old Trafford, and Steve Steve was suspended, so and so I played, and after the game because you get your man of the matches and you go up and see whoever your sponsor is yeah. for that day and chat away at them and whatever and the guy say I got the man of the match we, I mean John Gregory played with Darby at the time and uh, we beat, I think it was 4-1 something like that I got the man of the match the crystal and all, all the business all cracking so I'm up there getting 40 and I think great I've done alright today yeah they were playing Liverpool on the bank hall on the Monday right so the guy says to me says, ah, big one on uh, big one Monday Liverpool eh I says, ah, I says I don't know if I'll be playing he says just kidding on he says of course you'll be playing I says, ah, I says Steve, Steve's suspended eh I don't know he says ah, i would be alright anyway comes into training on the Sunday Archie Knox is bowling about like and uh, we just has a wee deep ball session little five-a-sides stretch off Gaffer says right that's it and you go so I gets in, Sparky's, and he says, hey, and you will be playing? I, says, <laughs> I said, I'm waiting for somebody to pop the head in the corner there, eh? Yeah. He oh, I don't know. So I'm lying in the bath. So he came up to me, he says, I says, anybody? I says, no, I says, nobody's doing, nobody's said nothing. I says, "You'll be playing. A Couple of minutes later, right, big man. Archie's here in the corner. How you doing? Ah, I knew right away. Yeah. I said, alright. Well, he says, listen, see when you're finished. Guffer, you get changed yeah. that. Gaffer wants to see you upstairs. I says, "Alright, ah, okay, no bother. Goes in, goes, what was that? I says, ah. He says to me, he says, well, he says, I'll tell you one thing. He says, eh, played great for me yesterday. Brilliant. He says, but I'm bringing, I'm bringing Steve Bruce back for, for the game on Monday, right? He says, "All oh, your bonuses, your bits and pieces, and whatever." He says, "I'll look after you. Not a problem." He says, "But he says, I, I, I need to bring him back.'" But I said, "All right, fair enough." And I had to play in the reserves. Yeah. And I thought to myself, "Ken," and I said, "Sparky." I said, "How oh, can because I did it all right? Won everything and that." Mm-hmm. I says, "That's it." I says, "That's a, that's the card." But basically, I says, "You get the man of the match. You kind of keep your place. No, you're you you've got it." You know what I mean? You've got to say yourself. Well, it's, your time's going to be numbered, here. Eh? and that's what really, what really it's happened. Nice, eh? yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was always he was always honest and and fair with me. Yeah, to to be honest. But I knew my time was was limited, there. Eh? Was it tough leaving a club? It's always hard leaving a club like that because there's only one way you're going to go. Eh? Yeah, to a certain extent, is, mm-hmm. is down. But uh, at the time. Our contract was coming up. I was just going to say, did the gaffer get you in to say,
1: look, we've got an offer, or we won't be giving you a new contract?
3: No, 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 no. Uh, he basically said to me, he says, look, I was go- no, he was going to give me, he was uh, He was actually going to give me a year, I mm. think, or, or a year, yeah. you know, I don't know. But he, he, he says, but in my opinion, you're only... He says if you would a little more, if he would a wee bit more pace, you wouldn't be leaving. Mm-hmm. He says, but we need we need pace. He says, and that's what you're lacking about in pace. So uh, you're only good for, a, I would say, he says between twelve and fourteen games a season, covering for suspensions, sure, yeah, guys yeah. and whatever. He says, but I can sort something out with you. Uh, and at that time, I, I, I was wanting to play regular football, mm-hmm. Jimmy. Jimmy Frizzle, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at the uh, city with Mel Machin at the time, and it uh, hit the papers and whatever. Eh? And Gaffer pulled me and he says, "I oh, says you've been on the phone because Mick McCarthy was going to c- Celtic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah." And uh, Jimmy Frizzle phoned me up at, at home and says, "Right, listen," he says, yeah, know I says, oh, I, I just bought a house then in Boostown, mm. house in Boostown, which was great." And I thought, "Well, I'll go to city." If That's when mortgage paid. Yeah, yeah. That's me all sorted. Yeah. So went down to main road, and went and got the medical and sorted out. Came back. Next minute, Sir Alex, he's 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 there as well. It's strange, it's like. So Mel Machen and the two of them are yapping away, and uh, it was for two hundred, two hundred, I think it was two hundred fifty grand, something like that and uh, said well we've got a problem with the medical so Alex says uh, what do you mean? he says he's playing plays every week he says oh, he's, there's a step in the pelvis <laughs> meaning his, pe- his pelvis is slightly out of line which could cause back problems and limit his time of playing yeah. over over the course of years eh? And w- we can't take that chance because that could happen at any time so Mel, Mel Mateson turns around to Sir Alex and goes, eh, If the fee was 50 grand, then we would yeah. be prepared to take a chance, eh? But because of the insurance and whatever, and this, the surgeon eh, reckons he's, you know, it's dodgy ground, I say. So, and he just blew up. He just looked at Mel Mateson and went, What? He says, Well, why 50 grand? He says, he says right son he says let's get out of here he says you're still a Man United player as it stands and now he says but we're not listening to this Yeah. and away we went I went on loan to West Brom Big Ron was at West Brom I went on loan there and I think seven games I played and Sir Alex and, and Ron were trying to do a deal right for me to to go to Hawthorne's so Anyway, I went. And sp- I, I, I went and spoke to Ron, and there was a two, it was two and a half year deal, right? For twenty five grand signing on fee, right? Two and a half year, twenty five grand signing on fee. So anyway, when I came, to be fair, Alan Brazil. And Brian Robson the Brian Robson was brilliant to go and ask advice. He knew the score, he knew where they were offering, where yeah. the going rates and whatever were. So it was by Alan Brazil, he was well switched on as well. So I'd a word with him. <laughs> I came back. And I said, Big man, I said, what what, what, what are they offering you? I said, two and a half year contract 500 pounds a week. 25 grand signing on fee. So two of them looked at one another. He says, "Come here." He says, can what to do, do? He says, "Go and tell him to f*** ram it." He says, "Cause I'm telling you now, the going rate, twenty grand signing on a year." Yeah. So you sign a three-year contract for sixty grand. That's that's more like it. Mm. And he says, even at that, it's no excess. He says, "Go and tell him." He says, "No, he just cause they'll be trying to so sort wee bits and pieces, no much, but wee bits and pieces for themselves." No. Nah. He says, go and say, no, I'm not going. So anyway, I goes back. So I says, I've spoken to Ron and whatever. I says, nah, it's no for me. He says, why? I says, because money's no right. He says, what do you mean the money's no right? I says, for 25 grand for two and a half years. I says, no, oh, no. I said, i only at least 20 grand a year. Oh, aye. Been a bit greedy, on you? <laughs> I says, nah, I don't think so. He says, who you talking to? I says, nobody. Alright. He says, right. He says, fair enough. He says, so you're not going? I says, no, definitely not going. He says, right, that's fine. He says, come in to train in the morning. He says, be nobody training with the first team squad, right? He says, you go train with the kids. And I says, ah, right, fair enough. No problem. And I came in and that was it. Eh? He'd passed me, wouldn't say a word. Uh, and uh, I, I was going on for about Three weeks, three just just over three weeks, yeah, yeah. and then Alan Ball f- for Portsmouth. He phoned up and he gives me the shout. He says, uh, "Come here, we'll see you." Right, I says. He says Alan Ball's been on the phone for Portsmouth. He says, "Go and nip down and see them and see what you can do." He says, <laughs> nip can down, it's
2: right. local. Yeah,
3: he says, <laughs> "Go and nip down and see what you can do." He says, "Cause he he, he says you need you need to start playing football son. You Need to start. He's a good here." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I went. I went to down to Portsmouth spoke Talent Ball, and the fee it was 150 grand. Medical, done and dusted, no questions asked, and that was it done. That was a deal done. And you got your 20 grand, huh? and I got my 20 grand <laughs> eh? a week. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got my money, and uh, and that was it. Yeah, just I just it just took off from there. I struggled a bit at first when I went to Portsmouth because, as I say, no disrespect to the guys there, but you're playing with a lot of you're mm, playing different with different standards. quality of yeah, players yeah. Or, or the higher level you play, you play with different quality of players, eh? And uh, I think the Portsmouth punters at the time when I went down were expecting,
1: because
3: uh, yeah, they're expecting somebody is going to swan about and mm-hmm. be, and, and it didn't happen because saying that as well, I wasn't playing many, I wasn't, I wasn't playing much football. Going to playing the reserves and there's a big difference between reserves and and, and playing at the at, at thing, your top yeah. level. Yeah. And uh, it took me about more or less that I would say more or less that season mm. to kind of catch up, catch up a bit. Eh? And then when I was playing regular and I mm. was I uh, was fine. Eh? So you finished, and what followed was I guess.
0: Uh, a, a few clubs for you you went back to Scotland and you played there when you look back at your career now which are the moments that really stand out and you go yeah that was great
3: well that, the Maradona the, the Barcelona games that's the number one that stands out and to be honest the general fact is uh, the playing for Manchester United that 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 in itself is something that you can say to yourself how many people have done that? How many people have achieved that? The, the, people can talk and have opinions, because the game's all about opinions, and say, ah, "I was this, he was that, or whatever. But, they can't take a hundred games away from you that you've played at Man United that, that they would love to do. You know, so, I always look back and say, well, I've, I've done my best in the abilities that I had for football. Mm-hmm. And I played a hundred games at Man United. Played against Maradona. Don't come better than that. It doesn't come any better, does it?
2: Tuck them in your
0: back pocket. Uh, uh, but that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's remarkable. What, what age did you eventually
3: retire? 34. I retired uh, hmm. at Brentford.
0: Well, of course, when the, when yeah, the phone clicked about earlier. Yeah, I retired at Brentford,
3: yeah. That's how quick it's cut. Because while you're in the game, you take everything, uh, you relish everything, take everything you get. Because at the end of the day, when it when it when, when it turns and you and you have to work in Sivvy Street and get a job, it's a total different ball game. Mm. Absolute, uh, it's night and day. Mm. But I'm not I'm 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 not bitter about how things have have turned out. I mean that's just the way that's the way your life goes. But I can look back and say to myself, well, at least I've I've achieved and I've done something in my life. Eh? Absolutely
0: it sounds like a beautiful place to end it Graham thank you so much for sharing your stories you with us thank
1: so
3: oh, it's no problem brilliant. thank you
2: brilliant pub and that was our chat with Graham Hogg I thoroughly enjoyed that what a
1: lovely man what a great man what a great career as well yeah great just, journey just
0: fascinating like so interesting that he the, the aspect of his career sort of finishing via phone call and him thinking oh no I'll just go and find another club and then ended up in doing
1: security and trying to do his own training sessions and stuff yeah
0: that's, that was crazy I think that's about insane. that quite a
1: lot running around the running around the warehouse yeah
2: he was trying to keep fit yeah, yeah. running around the warehouse to keep him fit
1: amazing commitment. yeah
2: really really interesting story and you know we've talked about the fact that he's an HGB driver now and he's not connected with football but the fact is as Maisie said he had a fantastic career 100 games over 100 games for Manchester United is incredible
1: yeah, phenomenal. And one of the games that to play in as well, the Barcelona game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they don't, uh, people say about that game, you know, it's probably one of the best games I've ever seen at Old Trafford. That's that's what my the mates atmosphere. say. When the when the atmosphere, it's the best ever. Yeah. And to play against Maradona and then casually turn around and say, "I've got him in my pocket. Don't worry." Yeah. yeah. That's How he that—that's brilliant.
0: Also, obviously, got on really well with his teammates because I think he undersold the story about the car that he got for his club car because I've seen that story told before. And He, he definitely did like,
2: undersell it as well because you and I didn't even know if that was a bad car.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know anything about cars, but I knew that he got a bad car. So the car that they gave okay, him, okay, okay. they basically saved from the scrap he had 120,000 miles on the clock and was just a piece of rubbish that was falling apart. And that was the joke, is that they gave him this terrible old car. And then obviously the the papers turn up and they take pictures and it's it was just like a a very big joke that almost sort of got out of hand as opposed to they gave him a car and like this is your one they did it as a joke and he eventually then got a nice car down the
1: line i like that type of mentality that's right up my street (laughs) of course it is
2: (laughs) those those were the kind of jokes that you like to play
1: brilliant no i enjoyed it it was so good so me good me too it was really
0: good um, and that was it that was Graham Hogg so we've got more for you uh, next week in the meantime Barry Schmeitzer has been in touch on Twitter he said what a fantastic uh, podcast with A. Petrucci so informative and so articulate met him in Cape Town on United's tour in 2012 and he's got a picture and they both look incredibly happy
2: yeah. lovely happy picture very nice. Yeah, I love that podcast. I've got a message here from Wes Poole. And he says, the official podcast is superb. This week's with Steve Koppel is one of the best. So thank you very much indeed. And I also should give a little shout out to someone I met on the plane on the way home. I came to Belfast last week and this guy got off the plane and he said, are you Helen from the United podcast? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, I'm just listening to Clive Tilsley's podcast and he's seen me sitting on the plane. How weird is that?
1: That is amazing. Class. Brilliant. And
2: he was called Sam and he's from Portrush. Oh, Portrush? Oh so hi to him.
1: What does he do in Portrush?
2: I don't know. He used to live in Manchester, but I don't know what he does in Portrush oh, right.
1: now. Maybe a groundskeeper or something like that, you know, working at Portrush Golf Club. That'd be nice. Okay. <laughs> do you remember earlier when you
0: said you, were, you at some point you get bored of playing golf? That's yeah. I never thought you'd say. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got an email from John Hicks who says, Hi all, I'm over two years in and really enjoying the podcast. I really love when members of the treble side are interviewed. The recent Yapstam episodes were brilliant and are great that you got to travel again. I would love to hear from Nicky Butt, Bex, Roy Keane. I would also really be interested in a Paul McGrath episode as he was about during the early years of Fergie. P.S., when only two of Helen, Maisie or Simon are available, how about having a fan help out with the interview? I'm available to help out and maybe being from the Republic of Ireland will help get Keen interview, <laughs> the one we all crave. Keep up the good work. That's from John. Guys, how do you feel about being replaced by fans when you're not available?
2: Great idea.
1: Yeah. Just let like you know, John, they don't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice Guys, get, get yeah. a few different views. I like that good idea yeah
2: I'm,
0: I'm less keen to be replaced Simon. but it's nice that you two are more relaxed uh, anyway Simon, thank you so much Simon. for listening you put thank us you on the spot Sam to be honest yeah. Oh. yeah I just asked him it's, it's John's email um, if you want to email like John did you can the address is United Podcast and uk. we'll see you on the next one bye
1: bye see you later